born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Look at verse 7. You did run well. You did run well. That means that they did start off on the right foot. Well, it could have been their left foot, but probably it was their right foot. But anyway, they, they ran and they ran well. The problem was, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? See, running well is obeying truth. And if you don't know truth, you can't run well because you don't know what to do. You don't know how to get it done. You don't know how to get victory over the works of the flesh. You don't understand how this joy and love and peace and you don't know how all that works, where it comes from. And that's because you walk in the spirit and you're going to get the results of that. You walk in the flesh, you're going to get the results of that. And you as a Christian has a choice and you can do both. I wrote this little uh, verse in here, you know, hinder uh, literally means to throw off course. Do you think the devil is doing whatever he can to throw you off course? Here you are and you want to serve the Lord with all your heart. And then here comes the devil, and I'll knock you off course. And he'll even throw up a little rabbit. And you know what you do when you chase a rabbit? You don't catch that rabbit, because that rabbit's quick. And when you start running, it makes a cut. And then when you make that cut, go after that, he's going to cut again. The rabbit don't run a straight line and keep on going. He runs. That's why the dog can't hardly catch him, because of those cuts he makes. And the dog can't stop. And get you going in the wrong direction. So you need to be careful. But there's a verse that I put here. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 4 and verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Don't you want it to be said at the end of your life. That you fought a good fight. Now you have the lust of the flesh. And the way you fight the lust of the flesh. Is by walking in the spirit. In other words. Get so busy doing what God wants you to do, you don't have time to fulfill the lust of the flesh. I have finished my course. I finished. In other words, I ran the race God wanted me to run. He says, you did run, but who hindered you that you should not obey the truth? Because now they weren't obeying the truth anymore. And they weren't as happy as they used to be. Now they're going to be bickering and backbiting and devouring one another. That's what he says up there in that verse, uh, you know, 14 and 15, see verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one another. In other words, you're just going to devour each other up. You're going to eat each other up. Christians against Christians. This isn't the lost people. This is believer against believer. In other words, when you start trying to live by the law, you become judgmental. Because, well, I'm, I, look what I'm doing. And you're not. 
So therefore, I am more spiritual and more godly than you are. And now you begin to point fingers. And next thing you know, you've got backbiting going on. And you just don't always see all of your sin. But they saw your sin. And they can't wait to illuminate and magnify all the little dirt on your life. And you'd be surprised how many people in so many churches, their only goal is to find how much dirt they can find on another Christian and blow it out of proportion. You know the difference between a molehill and a big old mountain? Just more dirt. Just more dirt. And some people just want to find as much dirt as they can on people. Now, love doesn't work that way. Love covers a multitude of... um, What's that word? Sins. Yeah, yeah, y'all get it right. But see, hate doesn't. Hate means I want to hurt you. I want to expose you. I want to do all the wrong I can to you. And so you've got to understand that. Now, at letter B, I think you should underline this little statement here. And letter B, the gospel is not just the truth to be declared, but truth that governs our walk. You see, we, we want to expand on the truth of the gospel so people can hear it and know it. But it's also to be a way of life for us. It's to be our walk that we have in the Lord. Uh, letter D, Peter, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 14, had, um, well, he, he was rebuked by the apostle Paul. But I got in little brackets there, you should underline it. He gave credibility to the legalistic Jews. In other words, whenever he separated himself from the church there at Antioch because the Jews that came down because he was eating with the Gentiles, having a big time, and everything was fine, then in here comes these Jews. And he backed away because either they were right, and if they were right, then what he was doing was wrong. He was compromising the truth of the gospel. Because they say that you've got to make those Gentiles, you've got to turn them into Jews. You've got to make them go into new Judaism and accept the law and be circumcised. And you don't eat with Gentiles. And so Peter compromised. Paul which stood him to the face. He says that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. So look down at letter B. Hindered by persuasion. In verse 8. Verse 8 in your Bible. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. In other words, God did not call you and save you by the hearing of the law, but by the hearing of faith. You put your faith in what Christ did, not the law in what you do. Total difference. One is salvation and the other is condemnation. And so, um, letter B, who or what calls men to salvation? The gospel through Jesus Christ. Or is it the law through the Judaizers? It is the gospel by the hearing of faith in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 9. In verse 9, we have an interesting little statement. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. What in the world does that mean? My mama made a lot of biscuits. We were raised on biscuits. And she big, big old pans of biscuits. And I love biscuits. And we'd open them things up and it's piping hot. And you could put Real butter. We never knew anything about margarine or nothing. It was real genuine butter. I used to sit there with that, that churn and churn. And then I'd pull that thing up there and this would be some butter floating around on top of that thing. Real butter. And we'd put it on there. And then we'd put some jam. Blackberry jam. And then sometimes we would take some jam and some honey and uh, butter and we'd mix it all together. 
put it on that piping hot biscuit. Man, I tell you, you talk about something good. That is so good. But what causes them biscuits to rise? Mama would make a great big old thing, and then she'd take off a little bit, and she'd put it in there. And whole pan. And next thing you know, because you put yeast into the dough. And it permeates all the dough. And so the yeast is like this leaven that leaveneth the whole lump. But you see, the yeast causes the dough to rise. So that's why a lot of preachers add a little works to their message because it rises the dough. <laughs> now, this is why this is so important to understand. This is why he said, if you let this teaching, these legalistic Judaizers, put a little yeast into your doctrine, it's going to permeate all of your doctrine. You let a little of that yeast get in there and it'll affect your walk with God and it'll affect your whole walk with God. And it'll be unstable in all of your ways. So he says, be on guard. Now, there's a verse that I think that would be or if you're looking at, look in Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Romans chapter 16 and verse 17. Now, sometimes we have a, a difficulty trying to understand because the Bible tells us go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All right? And if a citizen to all the world to preach the gospel. If you can't talk to people whose doctrine is not the same as ours, you can't talk to anybody. If we're only supposed to talk in fellowship with those people who believe exactly like I believe, well, then they already know the truth. So how do I reach somebody? Because we have to get the gospel to the people who don't believe like we believe. So what I do in my mind, let's just say, for example, uh, over here is um, all the Christians. And over here is all the lost people. And there's a great big old wall. You can't see it, but there's a wall right here. And there's, there's a wall right here separating y'all too. Now, see, God has commanded us as Christians to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we can go through this wall and reach anybody, regardless of their doctrine, regardless of what they believe, not reach and preach the gospel to anybody and everybody. But we are not supposed to let you Bring your doctrine into the church. See, there's this wall here. You can't go this way, but we can go this way. Christians are commanded to preach the gospel to everybody, but we don't want y'all teaching y'all's doctrine to the church. So that's why he says here in verse 17, Mark, now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. But there's people who will come in unaware. And sometimes it's people who are part of our group. And people who can have the wrong doctrine. And they begin to stir. He says, don't let leaven. It'll leaven the whole lump. So you've got to get it out. So that's why some churches have a doctrinal statement that's very small and doesn't say very much. Because if they say too much, then people don't want to be a part of it. So what we do is we try to tell you every little thing there is in here. Why? Because if you leaven on this, it'll affect this and this and this. So we want people to believe our whole doctrine of statement, 
and understand what we have so we can defend every point of the major doctrines in this church because we've already got it down. And so when somebody comes into our church and they, shut up. Now, I'll put it the way I did, a preacher did. He says, I don't care how high you jump and how loud you holler, but it's when you, your feet touch that ground, you ought to be walking straight and speaking a language I can understand. And that's about the way it is. So there's a lot of false doctrine. And God says you're not supposed to have or be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So don't believe everything. You've got to know doctrine. And because you love the Lord... This doctrine, you'll stand for it and not compromise that. So anyway, there's some other things in here that I, I copied it right out of the old Schofield Reference Bible. Uh, the bottom of the notes here about the Nicolaitans. It means that they were guilty of trying to set up a hierarchy, I believe. In other words, that's not what you need in a church. You need the offices that God talks about, and we have elders, and we got deacons, and we got people. And uh, so we don't have a, a, a bishop, a cardinal, and a pope <laughs> over us. The word of God is our authority. And everybody in the church has to be under the authority of this book. Even the preacher, the elders, the deacons, and everybody who teaches. We're not supposed to teach contrary to what this book says. Now, down at the bottom of the page, 10 and 11, or 10, 11 and 12, Paul says... Why am I being persecuted? If I'm teaching that, and they're saying, well, Paul taught that. Paul said, I did not teach that. And so um, he says, why are you then saying this? Because if I'm being persecuted, evidently I'm not teaching keeping the law. Because that's why he was persecuted, because he didn't keep the law. He did not teach the law. And so he had to um, really go through it. Now, notice what he says here. In verse 14, or verse 11, then is the offense of the cross cease. You see, works for salvation is offensive to the message of grace. Why? Because it's contrary to what Jesus said. So it is an offensive message. When we tell people you're saved by grace, that offends people. They don't care about anything else, but they'll get offended if you believe in eternal security. Because eternal security is the only way you can really say and believe you're saved by grace. If it is by grace, why isn't it forever? If it is by grace. If it's by faith alone, then it can never be by works. So that means it has to be eternally secure. But see, when you change that and say, no, you've you got, you got to earn it. Well, that offends the truth of the gospel, but the truth of the gospel offends works. And so um, you've got to find out where you're going to stand. But there would be some people, and he says, I wish they would just cut off from you. Now, you can get into other words and what it might mean and so forth. But whatever the yeast is, keep the yeast out of the dough. Keep the leaven out of the lump. Keep it out of the church and stay pure. So that's why there's sometimes you have to have church discipline. And nobody likes church discipline. But it has to be because that's the truth in the Word of God, of what God's Word has to say. Now, the next verse I want you to look at, look there in verse 13. Verse 13, I get criticized with this a lot of time. Because I tell people that uh, you're saved by grace, that alone, and you're going to go to heaven because of what Christ did for you. He loved you that much. 
And so the natural thing that comes in a person's mind, you're trying to tell me I can just live like I please. Well, it all depends on how you want to take that. Everybody lives like they please. But some people want to please the Lord. And so they'll live to please the Lord. And some people want to please themselves. And some people want to live like that. But you're still going to live like you please. But the thing is, is do I have to live a certain way to go to heaven? Well, if I do, then salvation can't be free. Either it's free or it's not free. So we say, is this liberty a license to sin? So look at the statement there, letter A in your notes. A license grants permission which eliminates the incursion of a penalty. In other words, if I go fishing and I got a fishing license and I catch the right fish, the right size fish on the right day that I can go fishing, well, then I don't have a penalty. But if I don't have a license and the game warden comes up and he catches me with my plug in the water, uh, could I get in trouble? Yeah. So, you see, God did not give us a license to sin, which is what we're accused of. Because, well, you get to go to heaven anyway. Yeah, that's not the only thing about, you know, hell being a penalty. There's other penalties for sinning against God. I, as a child of God, can I sin? Yes. I remember about 10 years ago I did. No. We all sin all the time. We don't do things perfectly. But there's a consequence. So look at number one. Under letter A there, liberty does not eliminate the penalty for sin in a believer. Now, there is a penalty, but it's not hell. I've already accepted the payment Christ made for my sins. Now, in my life, there's other things that I can suffer the consequence. I can go out here in the middle of a, a, the rain and get cold, and they say, no, I done got sick. Now, I could have got sick because I made a stupid decision. And I could go drink, you know, some moonshine and ruin my kidneys or my liver. But does that mean that I can't go to heaven now? No. I'm still going to heaven, but, and I can confess it to the Lord, but that doesn't heal my kidneys or my liver. You still got to suffer some consequences. Have you ever hit your finger with a hammer? Don't it feel good? They said if it hurts real bad... Hit your toe with the hammer, and you'll forget all about your finger. If you just got a bigger pain. So um, you can try that if you want. But look at the next statement I have here. And that is the state of bondage into the state of liberty. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, you move from this, this position as being lost to the position of being saved. So you are now born into God's family. Now, verse 14 we commented just a moment ago about this one word, love. Now, we don't read about a lot of love in chapter 3 and 4, but you do here because now we're talking about how the Christian is supposed to live. There are three laws in liberty, and they all mean love. The law of Christ is the law of love. That's found in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. The law of liberty is, is the love. And the royal law is the command to love one another. Leviticus, James chapter 2, the law of liberty, and the royal law. This is the freedom to love one another. See, when you are under the law and you're trying to earn your way to heaven, whatever you do is because there is a fear of going to hell if you don't. And if you want to go to heaven, you're going to have to do all these things. And now it becomes a drudgery. It's not an enjoyment. 
Because now the only one who knows whether or not you're doing a good job and you're going to make it to heaven by your good deeds is going to be you and God. I think God probably knows more than you do and sees that you're not as good as you think you are. So now you've got to deceive yourself into thinking you're better than what you are because you have to keep the law perfectly and nobody can do that. And so it's a manufactured love and so on. But now look at the next statement. Liberty is the right context and liberty is the proper context. It is why we do what we do because I am free. I can now choose as a child of God, born into his family, I'm a son of God, heir of God. I can choose to be as dedicated to God as I want. And love will cause you to do more for the Lord than the law ever could. Because when you go by the law, you do only what it requires. Never more. But when you go by love, it's wide open. You can love him as much as you want. You can be as dedicated as you want. You can read as much as you want, pray as much as you want. You can talk as much as you want. Because why? Because it's a freedom of choice. It is a free thing to what we can do. Now, down the bottom of the page, letter C, little small C, liberty can only be found in Christ, not through the law. You ought to underline that little note. Number four, law is fulfilled in one word, love thy neighbor. And if you love, then you don't have to covet what he has because you're, you're content because you love God and you know God loves you and you can be content with whatever God has for you. And you don't have to wish you should somebody else. In other words, you, it keeps you from being so jealous of everybody because you, you, you'll be so comparing and think, man, I wish I was that brother. I wish I could do like that. Do you ever look in the mirror and just see, well, this is who I am. This is what I've got. What can I do with what I have? A lot of those people you might envy are some people just like you were, and they did something about it. They developed some skills. They learned how to speak, or they learned how to speak, you know, in public, or learn how to sing, or learn how to play an instrument, or whatever it is. I've had people come in, man, that Yankee can play the guitar, the harmonica, the piano. You know how I got to do all of that? It just happened. I've spent hours and hours and hours trying to learn it. It didn't come easy. I bought my first harmonica when I was 17 years old on my way to boot camp, and I got it, and I was riding on the, the train on my way to Great Lakes, Illinois, and I go to boot camp, and I would learn how to play You Are My Sunshine. It's the only song, and I learned how to play You Are My Sunshine. <laughs> and I finally figured it out. Well, that was a gift of God. No, you can develop things. If you just don't do anything, don't try anything, no, you can't do anything, and you wonder why. God doesn't love me. Didn't give me any talents and abilities. We had a kid in our church up there in Georgia, and this is the truth. The kid got up there to try to sing a song one day, and it was so horrible. I felt so bad for him. I felt sorry for his parents. It was such a disgrace. He took voice lessons. And he got up and he's going to sing another special. It's going to be on radio. We're on radio. We're live radio. Uh, I'm sitting up on the thing. Oh, my stars. And he got up there and he sung as professional. You know who I'm talking about? A little white boy. He got up there and his tone, voice had totally changed. And it, and, and it wasn't within about a month. From can't sing a note and be on tune, and all of a sudden he's on tune in his great voice. He's only a teenager. 
He went and took some lessons. And there's people who could do so much for the Lord, but, well, they don't believe God can use them. So they sat there and just twirled their thumbs and just become envious and jealous. And the next thing you know what envy and jealous does to you? It causes you to be bitter. You get hurt. And then the only thing you can do to justify yourself is if you can't get your light to shine like it should, you just want to go around and blow out everybody else's light. And you think your light shines brighter because you blew out their light. Your light doesn't shine any brighter. But just understand it's by love. Look in verse 15, the bottom of the page. In the absence of love, people will bite and consume, devour one another. Without love, the last line that I have on the paper, the works of the flesh is the absence of love from the Spirit. And you're the one that determines whether or not you've got enough love. Know anybody you hate? Love them to death. Love them to death. You got any enemies? Try to make a friend out of them. Try to make a friend out of them. Don't worry about what well, they don't. They, 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 forget they. You just do it. I've had a lot of people who have said a lot of things against me, and they'll get on the other side of the street, <laughs> don't come to church anymore, and I'll still go to the door and act like nothing's ever happened. Like nothing's ever happened. Why? On my side, nothing's happened. You say, well, they said this and this and this. Yeah, that, that's what they said. And I always try to let people save face. I don't have to try to push them down and confess. You, didn't you say that about me? Aren't you sorry? I'll hit you again if you don't. No. Let them go. Who cares? Realize everybody has an old sinful nature, right? You know everybody else has one. You got to realize you do too. And if you're kind, you know, if you sow kindness, you can reap kindness. If you sow love, you can reap love. A lot of people, they just reap bitterness and hatred and all that. Because that's what they sow. Reap what you sow. Sow the right things. Do the right things. And God will bless you. All righty, look up here. This hand represents you and me, and this wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. You ever hear me say that? God loves us. Every time I do this, why? Because I want people to understand God loves you. He said, well, what about all those bad things I did? Well, God doesn't love those. God loves you. And the wages of sin is death. And because of sin, we all have to die. And God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. And go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. We're all sinners, and we cannot save ourselves. And there's the law that demands perfection. And if you want to try to save yourself, just keep the law perfectly. But it's a little late. You had to start it from the day you were born. Too late. This end represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin, because our sin separates us from the Lord. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, and came back. From the dead, it said if we would believe he did it for us, it put the payment he made to our account. And we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. Now, we're saved by grace. We didn't earn it. We didn't work for it. We don't deserve it. We're saved by faith. Faith in what he did, not faith in what we do. If you want to save yourself, you have to put your faith in what you do. And God already says, not of works, of righteousness, which we have done. So if I put my faith in what Christ did, what did he do? He paid for my sins. Why? Because he loved me. So love is a great, powerful, motivating force even in a Christian's life. Let's pray, shall we?
With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, why not do so right now? Or if you're watching by internet, right on the screen says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. If you've never done so, I pray that you would. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I pray that you would trust him right now. Just believe that what he did, he did it for you. And God wants you to trust him, and he'll give you as a free gift everlasting life. And you can know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one for being here and the study of your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.